0: Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land from which we are recording and you are listening today. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
1: Welcome back to another episode of You Have My Interest. I'm Evelyn and together with my colleague Maddie, we're mortgage brokers here to help you make smart moves with your money by giving you tips, tricks and tools to help navigate your wealth journey.
0: Welcome back to another Q&A episode of You Have My Interest. Today, we are going to be deep diving into the terminology surrounding loan products and getting back to basics with them. So Ev, first up, what is a variable loan or a fixed loan?
1: Yeah, awesome. So basically, when you're looking at variable versus fixed, what it refers to is how the interest rate changes or doesn't change effectively so on a variable product as the name suggests your rate is subject to change at any time that's either up or down generally in line with the rba cash rate movements most of the time the banks will pass on the same rate movement in their variable product space that the rba has passed on so if the rates are going up you will then receive higher repayments based on that increased in rate If however, you decide to fix a rate, you have the ability to lock that interest rate in for a set period of time. Now, usually you've got the option to lock it in anywhere between one and five years. Depending on the lender, Sometimes you'll find in the current market, the one-year fixed rates are the lowest and the five-year interest rates are the highest. Now, that's a generalisation. Sometimes you might get a special on a three-year fixed rate that's really low, for example. Um, But at the moment, we tend to see that sort of sliding scale from one to five years in the fixed space. In terms of the product features associated with fixed and variable, I generally say The benefits that you get to a fixed rate is you've got that sort of budgeting certainty because you know that your fixed rate isn't moving for a set period of time, you're locking that in, you've got an element of budgeting. Just like you would if you're a first home buyer, you're coming from paying rent to then going into paying your first mortgage, you know exactly how much that's going to cost you on a monthly basis from day one. The other aspect that you do get from that is that it protects you from rate rises if you are in a rising interest rate market. So if you are fearful of that happening and you do want to lock in an interest rate, Uh, on a low rate now, um, for example, then locking in a fixed rate may be the way to go about it. However, there are also downsides to a fixed rate and generally where that comes into play is when you lose some of the flexibility that a variable rate provides you. So the best things about the variable rate that we tend to see is the ability to make unlimited additional repayments, which means that you can either be increasing your existing monthly or fortnightly repayment to a higher level above the minimum requirement, or you can put in lump sums with absolutely no restrictions and no early break fees. If you are just to pay down that loan with a large lump sum, for example, on a fixed rate, You're generally capped as to how much in additional repayments you can make per annum or over the fixed term of that loan uh, without you then breaking effectively the fixed rate and then paying break costs back to the lender. So that's one aspect of it. Now, with the additional repayments that you've made into a variable loan product, you also still have access to those additional repayments through something called Redraw. So you can pull those additional repayments back out of the loan at any time, whereas on a fixed rate, if you've made additional repayments, depending on the lender, nine times out of ten, you can't pull those repayments back out until that fixed rate has actually expired. So you do lose that level of flexibility and access to those additional repayments or those Redraw funds. The other benefit that you get to a variable product is you can generally link more loan features to that. So, for example, I did mention redraw, but you also get the ability to link an offset. And the one last thing that I will mention in regards to the fixed rate is that it's only fixed for a certain period of time. So once your fixed rate expires, you will usually roll off onto the variable product with that lender or you get the option to refix for a longer period, depending on what the rates are at the time. And once it's variable, you get all the access to the variable features that you would normally get anyway.
0: Now, one feature you mentioned that is available with a variable loan is an offset facility. How does that differ from a redraw?
1: Yeah, awesome. So the example there where I gave about the redraw, that's effectively additional repayments that you've paid into the loan account and the loan facility itself. So it's sitting there in the loan account as available funds or prepaid funds above the minimum repayments. The offset account, on the other hand, is an everyday fully transactional account that is opened up with your loan facility when you're approved or when you settle on the loan. So... The way that it differs is in an offset account, because it is linked to the loan, any savings or funds that you have sitting in that offset account are fully separate to the loan, but it's still helping you save interest on what's actually uh, being charged against the loan facility. So let's put some numbers around that. Where you've got a $500,000 home loan and $50,000 sitting in your offset account on a daily basis... What will actually happen there is at the end of the month, when the interest is charged on the loan, there'll be a calculation that goes on in the background with the lender, and you'll only be charged interest on the difference between that $500,000 and the fifty. dollars So you only then get charged interest on $450,000 worth of loans owing, even though your limit is still five hundred dollars So that's how the offset actually saves you money. It's important to note that interest is calculated on a daily basis. So to maximize mm. the offset, you really want to have the maximum amount of money sitting in that account on a daily basis, not just transferring a lump sum in at the end of the month to try and save some offset money because you'll only get one day out of the 30 that is actually mm. saving that money if that makes sense. So I guess to just sum that up, the redraw sits in the loan, the offset sits in a transactional account. So you the access to money is very different and without going into detail from a tax perspective generally we see the offset is more favorable to investors than the redraw because the redraw changes the purpose of the funds in the loan facility itself
0: yeah so basically a redraw will be in the exact same account as the mortgage yep and an offset will be in a completely separate account but they both work in the same way of reducing the amount of interest paid exactly awesome On that with an offset account, can you usually get it with a fixed loan? Not usually,
1: but there are some exceptions as there always are. Mm -hmm. There are some lenders that allow you to fully offset fixed rates, which is awesome because then you kind of get the best of both worlds in some cases. In saying that though, you have to be very careful when you're reading about fixed rates and offsets that it's not a partial offset account. What that refers to is when you've got a full offset account, 100% of the savings in your offset account are reducing the interest. But a partial offset account, and I'll give you an example, Bank of Melbourne do this on their fixed rate products. And the only reason that I discovered exactly what it meant because I was really surprised to see they did offset on fixed rate is I actually called them and pretended I was a customer. Mm. <laughs> they do a 1% offset account on their fixed rate. What? So if you have $100,000 sitting in your offset account – only $1,000 of that offsets the mortgage.
0: So you need to be,
1: right? So don't read a tick box beside offset and fixed rate because it may only be a partial offset account.
0: Very interesting. Now, another feature of variable, because there's so many, is that there can be different types. So package versus basic. Can you delve a little bit deeper into that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I guess the easiest way to think about a basic variable versus a package variable is the basic variable is the loan account in isolation. It's just literally the loan with no bells and whistles. You get the redraw because you pretty much get that in every variable product anyway. There's no fees, there's no frills attached. The package variable pretty much just adds the offset account In some cases with some lenders that will give you multiple offset accounts. So maybe their basic just gave you one offset and then their package gives you up to 10 or up to 100 depending on the lender. But usually the difference between the basic and the package is the package comes with the offset facility. You will pay an annual fee more often than not to have that associated with the loan. Can you also get credit cards as part of the package? You can, yeah, absolutely. So again, depending on the lender, some will include that in their package. It's completely optional. You used to have to take the credit card out as part of the loan, Uh, now it's completely optional. The good thing about if you do take out your credit card or if you have an existing credit card and then link that to your home loan package, usually if there was any fees associated with the card, that's covered under the package fee, hence why it's bundled Mm -hmm. into that facility. And how much is that package fee? Usually 395 for all the major banks, but that varies again depending on the lender. You'll find the majors are sitting at 395 and then you've got your Macquarie's, ING's, those type of lenders that will sit somewhere around the 300 or even the 250 mark.
0: And are there any other fees involved for having a variable loan? There might be
1: some upfront fees, especially in the basic variable products. They might have higher upfront fees just as setup costs because they don't charge that ongoing package rate. A lot of the times, though, they're discounted for new customers or waived for new customers, but it's not uncommon to see $200, $300 worth of upfront fees to cover the lender's documentation in order to issue your loan documents to you or to cover their solicitors if they have external solicitors that do all of their settlements or if they need to get valuations and they don't cover the cost of valuations. Sometimes lenders cover the first $330 worth of a residential valuation and then anything on top of that you would need to cover. Um, so there can be some smaller fees upfront, but we don't tend to see, you know, the one to two thousand dollar upfront fees unless it's what we call a non-conforming loan or a low-doc loan, where they might charge a risk fee to the client or a greater upfront application fee.
0: Another aspect of loans that a lot of people may have heard of is principal and interest payments or interest-only repayments. What is the difference? So principal and interest refers to you paying off the principal as well
1: as the interest. When you're paying down the principal balance, you're paying off the loan with every single installment of your repayments. So basically the balance of the loan is reducing as you pay that off. It obviously still be charged interest, but it basically means that the repayment that you make to the bank on a monthly basis is made up of a portion that is paying down the loan and a portion that's just paying the interest back to the bank. If you pay interest only repayments, you're not ever reducing the balance of the loan. So you're literally just paying whatever the bank charges you each month for interest. So if you've got a $500,000 loan with a five year interest only term, in five years time, you've still got a $500,000 loan. You've just been paying interest on that for the last five years. If you've got a P&I reducing loan after five years, you might only have $470,000 owing, depending on what your rate was and what your repayments were. So on the topic of rates, what is an introductory rate and what does it mean? So an introductory rate can sometimes be called a honeymoon rate. And the reason that it's termed that is because usually it gives you a really great discount for the first couple of years, and then it reverts to a higher interest rate. So it's not a fixed rate. It's still a variable rate home loan, but they give you an additional discount of the loan for the first couple of years. So you just need to be careful, I guess, around the terms and conditions of that, that you're also assessing How much it jumps up to after those first two years. Westpac are one of the majors that do it. There's not a lot of banks that do it anymore. It's kind of been phased out because it isn't seen to be responsible to give people a discount and then bump their rates back up after two years. Mm. Westpac still do it for two years. Some banks will do like a one-year intro rate and that sort of thing as well. But you just got to be careful
0: of what that reverts to. And then I guess that's when you look at refinancing. Absolutely. Now on the topic of Different types of rates. Something that we see a lot and what clients will see on websites of banks is something called a comparison rate. What does it mean? Is it accurate? And what is your opinion on them?
1: My opinion on them is they are a really great marketing strategy to Mm. get business in the door. (laughs) Um, Look, comparison rates have merit, but You have to read and understand the fine print and understand where it comes from. So what a comparison rate should do is it should basically create a weighted average over the life of the loan of what your interest rate is and what the fees are associated with the loan over that time period. So for example, if I had a 3% interest rate and I paid an annual fee of $500 every single year my comparison rate might come out to be 3.4% or something. I'm just throwing numbers out here. So what they do is they they show you what the rate would be including all fees encapsulated into that rate versus if I had a 3% interest rate with no fees ever over the life of the loan, my comparison rate would still be 3%. So that's what it should do. It should create a really nice weighted average that you can look at that and go, okay, so including all fees, my rate would actually be this. However, the reason why I say take that very, very carefully and read Thoroughly into the terms of that is because usually it's assessed on something like a $150,000 loan over 25 years or something like that. So it actually doesn't factor into consideration your specific rate or the length of time. The other thing that it doesn't do is we see this a lot with the major banks. When we apply for pricing with major banks, that effectively means that we're applying for a specific discount on your loan product. And that is for the life of the loan. Now, comparison rates, unfortunately, don't include your specific stated discount that you get based on your loan amount, your um, loan to value ratio, and the type of product that you're taking out with that bank. So the comparison rate compared to a major bank actually doesn't have any merit to it because it doesn't specifically talk about your loan. So we prefer to look at a dollar comparison
0: with specific interest rates rather than a comparison rate. I found that really interesting about comparison rates and it's something that we do speak to clients about a lot because they will always say oh well the comparison rate on the website is this so it's something really important to be aware of and to have that education about. So with that if you have any more questions regarding any mortgage products or anything related please just send us a message on any social media channels and we will get back to it in another episode so thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of You Have My Interest. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. To find out more
1: about how Evelyn can help educate and empower you to achieve your goals with finance and property, just visit evelyn.com.au forward slash podcasts and book in a free discovery call.